Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Agency. Paul Chris, what do they have to do with each other? Well, put your thinking caps on. Come find out. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. Do not forget you can follow us on social media. I'm at The Coppins Show. He is at The Pat Oni Show. You can always watch us on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And, of course, download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you to every one of you that has been doing so. Um, I, We really, really appreciate it. However, whenever... However, you can consume it. How much long? You know how much uh, time you can consume. Um, we're we're trying to shorten the episodes a little bit here um, over time because we want you to be able to digest the episode and be able to get to the end of it without having to start and stop. Um, but with that being said, Pat, uh, we have a lot to get into. I mentioned agency. I mentioned Paul Christ. Um, a very interesting weekend in Wisconsin sports this weekend. We'll talk about that. In the second half of the program, <clears throat> but you brought up a, a topic that I think is going to be very intriguing, and it had to do with, um, what was what it, General Assembly for you guys in the uh, Mormon Church? It's called General Conference. General Conference, okay. Um, <clears throat> so why don't you start there? First off, what the heck is General Conference? So General Conference is something where the leadership of, of my church gets together every six months. So they, they do this in uh, April and then also in October. Okay, um, so the, the totality of the Mormon church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so so what they do is they get together and it's basically five two-hour sessions over the course of a weekend where they speak to you about various topics. Um, it could be, I mean, and most for the most part, they're all very spiritual topics. It could be anything from repentance to, uh, 
you know, becoming closer with God. It could be scripture stuff. I mean, it could be lots of things, right? It could be marriage. It could be tons and tons of different things. Um, and so they get together and they, they speak to us. Um, and, you know, you get to basically go to church from the comfort of your own home and just watch them speak. Um, and so yesterday, uh, I'm, I'm watching, it was the Sunday morning session and I, I went into this conference. I, I wanted a couple of things. One of those things is I, I was looking for the general authorities of our church to really speak out against the evils that are going on across this country. Specifically with things like the with like the rainbow jihad, mm-hmm. with politics. I mean, I mean, pick your topic. I, I wanted them to to speak out against the evil that is going on in our time, right? Right now, right in front of us. They didn't explicitly do that at all in this conference. There were things I think that were hinted at. But they didn't come out and expressively, like like I was hoping for, yeah, do that. Okay, and I think, and I've been reflecting on this because it's not just us in, in, in my faith. I, I think a lot of churches are doing this too, where either they're they're not saying anything at all about what's going on, or they're explicitly complicit with what's going on right now mm-hmm. it, it's kind of one of those two avenues so I, I started talking about this with my wife one of the things that our church has been doing the last several years is getting you to uh, do your own personal study at home not just going to church not just um listening to our general authorities, not just listening to, to like your bishop, things like that, like mm-hmm. actually having at home study, being involved in the scriptures and understanding, you know, all of these different, different things th- that are going on today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my wife pointed out yesterday that a big theme of this particular general conference is free agency. And for those that don't know what free agency is, that literally is just another term for free choice. Yeah, Your agency, exactly. Mm-hmm. Agency meaning that you are in control. Correct. That you are free to control. And, of course, I would argue just on a basic point before we get into some more of what, what was going on with your church. At a basic level... Yes, of course, you must have control. You must have agency in your life. But I, I, I struggle with how the modern church, if you will, and, and that's I'm all-encompassing most Christianity, because this is, this is part of the church of me, right? For me, when I hear this, I don't hear them talking about agency in choosing God, right? Agency in choosing to lead a more God-driven life. What I hear is, well, agency because whatever you would like to do, God can fit into your life. 
not you fitting into God's life, having the the freedom, the agency to choose God. I don't hear that message very often from the church of me. And so my ears perked up when when you talked about agency to me um, offline. I, I, immediately I went into, whoa, 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 where are we going here? So <clears throat> hopefully <clears throat> we're going down the path of agency is about making that daily choice to choose God. And and I, I like that you said that because that's ultimately where I went with this conversation with my wife. Okay. So, and basically when I was getting into this idea of, of agency and I was reflecting on this and she's like, you know, people have, have the right to choose. I'm like, what about all this stuff that's happening right in front of us? You know, parents, you know, actively being activists for mutilating their kids. Or teaching them things like CRT or, or whatever the case may be. Like, like I use this one as an example because it, we, we, we've been trying to have kids and, you know, she's a teacher. And so I'm like, like, like a lot of the biggest things right now are going on with our kids, mm-hmm. our future generations. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, well, like they're, they're trying to make sure that that people understand and by they she's she's talking about the church she's like like that they have a choice that they could either do what's right or they could do whatever it is that they're doing now that there is a choice and then i i throughout this conversation i slowly started to come to this realization of rather than me actively looking for my church leadership whether it be my bishop or these general authorities right whether whether it's any of them, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be looking to them to tell me what I already know. And what and do you so already know? That, and what what I'm getting to is, if I see these things happening and all this evil happening right in front, I'm like, do I not have the moral obligation? To stand up against it, to speak out against it, to, to do something about it, if I can. And and that is, I'm like, wait, I'm looking for them to basically tell me that? I already know that. So if I know that, and I know, I'm like, wait, if if I'm truly following God, and I've trying to fit into his ways, his teachings, and, and, and be as good and as righteous and as moral as I can humanly possibly be, do I not have a moral obligation to stand up against these kinds of evils? Me. And I'm like, and if everyone else knows that, don't they have th- that ability to do that? Shouldn't they be doing that? And this is where, you know, the whole church of me kind of come came into to, to play. How many how many people actually know what's right and wrong here, but they refuse to do anything about it? And my wife's like, well, maybe they're just trying to lead by example. I'm like, well, what is leading by example? Mm-hmm. Is it is it just is it just, you know, being a good, decent person? Is that enough anymore? I don't think that's enough. I'm sorry, but I, I, I just I don't see how that is enough. I'm like it, it, leading by example is is an excuse is become the excuse 
to live in comfort and not give up your comforts for the sake of doing what is right. And it's like the people that are willing to stand up against these kinds of things. We are a small minority, are we not? You're you're correct in that, and I think when I when I look at the the term "lead by example," I've talked about this in reviving liberty, which you know needs to be revived itself. We just haven't had time to to get through uh, some of the other episodes here, but um, so far in that path, we have talked about being that example, right? Right, but, right. But I'm not saying leading by example is a bad thing. I'm just saying I I think that by itself is not enough. But the example has to be something that's different Mm -hmm. because that leading by example is not going with the crowd necessarily leading by example in and being an example of liberty or not necessarily righteous behavior, because I firmly believe that that is a canard. Um, And what I mean by that is that Everybody is a fallen sinner, okay? Right. And as a Catholic, we believe in confession of our sins so that uh, we may pay penance for those sins here on earth while showing reverence to God and reverence to Jesus Christ and the acknowledgement of the atonement for our sins, right? Right. So we're fallen individuals, so you can't seek, you can't be this, I'm a pious, righteous individual. That. That dog don't hunt for me. Right, no. But what I mean by leading by example is leading from a place of God forward, leading from a place of faith in action, leading from a place of living liberty in your own life, because it is so different than the mainstream of today's society that if you are actively practicing it, if you are actively putting it in place, you become an example for others to want to explore what you're doing, talk to you, become an example in your community. And that's how you affect change. And I think that's what you are talking about. But I think people need to understand that leading by example is an active situation. It is not just, I go to church. It is not just, I believe in Jesus Christ, right? It is not just, um, I believe in the Mormon church or or whatever have you, right? I, you don't you know, go through the motions. Right. You don't go through the motions. You have to get active. And that's in your daily life. That's just even doing simple things like praying before a meal. How many people do you see if you go out to dinner, Pat, praying before they, uh, they eat? Uh, it's rare. It's It's incredibly rare. Yeah, it's incredibly rare. My uh, my in-laws and, and I, when we go out to dinner, we always are praying before our meal. That's an example of being actively different and being okay with that. Um, now, the, the church of me comes into play with this free agency for me because what have we talked about? It is a way for you to absolve yourself of that sinfulness. Well, see... If I, if I don't want to practice a tenet of the, the church that I exist in, right? Like, if you, if you didn't want to practice a tenet of the Mormon faith or a tenet of the Catholic faith, 
the church of me comes into place with I'm just going to pick and choose. It's the Nancy Pelosi's, the uh, Joe Biden's getting to pick and choose. It's a la carte Catholicism, if you will. Right. Mm. I get mm. to pick and choose which parts of the Bible and which this and they're going to fit into whatever I would like to do here and now. And it is expedient for my life in the here and now. The agency that hopefully your church was speaking to and the agency that all churches need to be speaking to is the agency, again, to choose God every day. When you are making decisions, the first thing should be what would, you know, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do, right? We need to actively get back to that being the thing that's at the forefront. Then secondly, well, how does this affect my family? How does this affect my life, right? You need to think of God first, think of family second. And, and I go back to, to, it's just as simple as the statement Vince Lombardi is so famous for saying. The organization goes like this, God, family, Green Bay Packers. Why did he say it that way? Because God comes first, your family comes second, everything else third. You devote yourself to God, you devote yourself to your family, and then you devote yourself to the Green Bay Packers. And if you can't do the first two, you definitely can't do the third. Because you don't have that ability. You don't have the ability to commit. And it could be anything in your life. Replace replace that with your job. Replace that with anything in your life. If you right. can't commit to the first two things, it's impossible for you to commit to the third. Right. And also, agency, Pat, for me, when I look at that term, it's not just choosing God, right? Agency comes in with the freedom or the choice to be a Christian. Christianity is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. The agency that you must have is in service of God, service of Christ. That's what it that's what it is. Service of your church. That agency is how do you serve? I don't know if that was the message that your church was delivering or not, but when I the problem is that my cynic, my cynical side immediately goes to the church is going woke. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't explicitly get the whole woke thing, I, and I, I do think that they were just, just from the talks that were given. I mean, it was very God centered. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, and which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so to to your point, I mean, it, it was very much, you know, choose, choose this, choose God, choose, you know, like it, it, there was an element of that within all of these talks. Um, and, and so, and, and again, I, I really did appreciate it. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to come from a place of self-righteousness when I talk about this, I'm coming from a place where I am, I am deeply concerned. Like we, we talked about what happened at Vanderbilt a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and I, I th- seeing things like that deeply concerns me. And the thing is, my wife pointed this out, you know, it's only going to get worse until the second coming happens. No, that's um, fair. I think, you know, you you bring up the point of using agency for good rather than evil. Right. And <clears throat> how do people see that term? And I think you brought up something interesting in our chat yesterday, right? 
Shouldn't we be using agency to stand up against evil? Can we change the world? Can we stop evil? Do we have to respect other people's choices to do evil if it only harms themselves? And, you know, I look at this from the perspective of how do you marry libertarianism with Christianity? And it's very simple. You make a choice, right? You made the choice to be Christian, to actively participate in Christianity. That is your personal choice. But you also have that obligation to affect and use your faith to affect others, right? Right. Okay. And it's not necessarily missionary or, um, you know, proselytizing to, to people necessarily, but it is being an active participant in society that can change that. And I know for the church, you have that mission, right? You right. have that active missionary presence. Like everybody knows when somebody's on a Mormon mission, right? It's very obvious. It's very simple to understand. However, to that last point, Pat, right? How do you respect somebody's choice to do evil if it only harms themselves? And I would agree. But that's where I think that missionizing <clears throat> or that proselytizing, that ability to just be there in in that moment, right? And, and not passing judgment, right? That is an actively very difficult thing to do, is not to pass judgment, but to be somebody that can just listen, can be somebody that can help them steer away from that sin or that evilness by actively engaging them. You don't have to agree with the sin, right? But to disengage from the sinner would be to do what? To disengage from yourself, because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody in this world sins. Every right. one of us, there is no single individual on this planet that doesn't sin. Not one. That includes a priest. That includes a bishop. That includes the head of clergy in whatever church you're in. Newsflash, we're all fallen, broken sinners. We are. We just have different ways of atoning for that, right? We right. have different ways of looking at how you atone for that sin. So I want people to realize that you, you can marry libertarian individuality with Christianity because it is, while a um, in the Catholic faith, while a, and in the Mormon faith, I would guess, as well, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, it is a collective experience, right? It is still an individual relationship that you must cultivate, that you must grow, that you cannot deny, ignore, in order for that relationship to stay a relationship. You must actively participate as an individual. You must make individual choices to become active in your belief, in your faith, in practicing it. And that is an individual journey. There's your agency. When it comes down to the very same thing that I talked about from the very beginning, it, it the agency is to choose Christ daily. You know, for someone that's not Mormon, you seem to understand a lot of what we teach. 
And uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, because that, that pretty much nails it right on the head. I mean, that's why uh, when um, Russell M. Nelson um, took over the presidency of, of the church uh, back in 2018, one of the big things they rolled out was something called Come Follow Me. And it was basically an at-home study program that, that, mm-hmm. that we do every year now. Yeah, and that's very uh, – from what my understanding, Pat, that's very different to how – the Mormon faith would have done that in the past. It, it is um, because normally it was like a three, we had three hour church every Sunday um, and, and which was brutal. Um, and now it's, they, they cut it down to two hours every Sunday. So you have, you know, sacrament meeting, then you have your Sunday school class or, or, you know, your elders quorum, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and, and now it's, it's, they're encouraging you to spend more time at home, studying at home, you know, being a family at home, you know, having like family right. home and using. And so like now they go, we go through like this year we're doing the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Next year we'll do the beginning of next year. We'll do the New Testament. Then we'll go through the Book of Mormon. Then we'll go through the Doctrine and Covenants. And then, it, and then once you go through that, it starts back over again. So mm-hmm. this is a continuous thing for years to come. And, and it's been great. Like, like I think that that is they, – they have taught us something in the last four years that, that I don't know a lot of other churches do. And I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I just don't know that they do. Um, and that is to cultivate that relationship within yourself and within your family with God. Yeah, and, and there are uh, a lot of other uh, denominations that you know actively encourage, encourage Bible study. Right, right. Actively encourage groups. I mean – you know, um, for instance, the Knights of Columbus is a group within the Catholic Church, right? Catholic uh, men's fraternity. But part yeah. of it is actually weekly Bible study. And right. it's helpful. Um, it, but there's also other things that are out there in the media, right? We talk about Bible in a year. Um, you know, you've got uh, a priest that goes through the Bible, brings in lay people to talk about the Bible with him, um, and, and goes through it literally in a year. Um, and then there's study guides with it. There's a whole um, Bible in a year. Like it, it literally breaks the Bible into different parts so that you're not just reading it from front to back, right? And, and doing all those things, but it's actively encouraging you to get outside of just going to church and hearing the word, but to be, again, active in that uh, choice. And, you know, I, I also have... I've had interesting conversations with the people who are within that church of me, if you will, that like they got to go and they, they call worship uh, the hour in which the, the band plays on and on and on. Right. Um, right. Okay. And, and then you want to tell me that, um, you know, daring to suggest that going to mass and hearing the actual gospel like actually listening to the gospel and not going for the church, the the concert is the right way to go, right? Like, great, grand, wonderful. You went for the the concert. Did you entertain and gather any of the actual scripture that you're reading through? Or did you just enjoy hearing the music and that's the only message you're getting? And if so, I suggest you're doing church wrong. I'm not suggesting that you that no music. I am suggesting though that Part of the Catholic faith that is good is that you do have to listen and actively participate in reading of the gospel. 
Um, but the Catholic Church has recognized, to your point too, over the last 10, 15, 20 years that just getting that in church, in the pew on Sunday is not enough. Not enough. And, you know, the, the old joke is that the Catholics don't know the Bible because it's they just rely on those that read to give them the Bible. And they don't actively participate in meaning and understanding other than the homily from the father, uh, from the priest, um, every Sunday from the pulpit, right? Well, that's the running joke, except for now, you literally have Ascension Press, you have all these other places that allow you to be active, to make that agency choice, right? That choice to be active in your participation in your faith. Um, I also thought of this, though, Pat, as we were talking about this, right? Part of the the woke takeover of the church is actively discouraging people from practicing tenets of the faith. And we see that within the Catholic Church right now, right? We have not just the Pope, but his right-hand man, if you will, actively promoting um, LBGT um, stuff inside the church. We see him actively, I believe he went to Denmark and participated in an LBGT-led mass. Mm-hmm. What? Again, there's a difference between loving the sinner and the sin. You are actively participating in the sin. Acknowledgement that the sin is okay. That's the problem that I have had with what took place in my church. Uh, the parish that I used to belong to no longer belong to, St. Mary's of the Lake. Because they were actively participating in promotion of the sin, not promote and the sinner, by the way. Not somebody who had repented from that sin, not somebody who had learned a lesson from that sin, but preaching the embracing of that sin. No, 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 no. Why don't we just have an orgy um, of all unmarried people in the pews on a Sunday? What's the difference? I, I ask that question quite often. What would be the difference? Why are you not promoting um, safe sex orgies in the pews? Why not? Why not? Oh, it's because you believe that um, sex before marriage is a sin. Now, again, we are all sinners, right? And we can right. all fall short of you, you can't live life in a way that you're going to always win and always not sin, right? Like that's not right. going to happen. But, but <laughs> to suggest that, <clears throat> to suggest that we should then just actively promote all the sin all the time, what, what are we doing as people of faith, as leaders in faith? This is the spirit of the age for me, Pat. This is ultimately comes down to. We're seeing the spirit of the age and the perversion of what agency means within the church. Agency within the church is, again, take that daily step to accepting God in your life and actively promoting God within it. And it could be as simple as, for us Catholics, listening to relevant radio and actively promoting that, or actively promoting the Knights of Columbus as a man, or doing some things that would that would actively show other people 
that you are of faith. It is okay to show your faith. And you should never be ashamed of it. Now, I'm that not actually, suggesting that those are the church of me should hide their faith. But I would suggest if you are listening to people of the church of me, listen very closely to the message they're giving because the message is oftentimes not about you, not about God. It is always about them. Notice how they will talk about church as if it's uh, an experience, an event. Um, I this, I that, I this, I that. No, 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 no. Nope. That's wrong. <clears throat> now, it's important to have feeling in connection to messages within church and within your, your, your mass and all of those things. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that what you're going to hear from the church of me is a message about the individual, not about how the message moved the individual, but how the experience changed things. Now, speaking of change, we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do, Pat, um, I say we um, we play a little game. Okay. And it's called the B or not the B. Yes, Pat, that game. You are correct. We're going to play the B or not the B. $100 of Dominic Izzo's totally legit, totally fine money. And boy, oh boy, do I have a surprise for you um, as I think uh, about whatever headline's coming my way. Well, you ready for that headline? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Today's headline, there is one reason... Nancy Pelosi still has a job. There's one reason Nancy Pelosi still has a job. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. Oh, boy. So I'm going to think on this. But before I do, um, so we have had a change on the show, Pat. Um, it is the month of October. Um, and we have a brand new coffee ambassador on the program. Ooh. Yes. We what? Yes, we have a brand new coffee ambassador on the program. Um, I've had an opportunity to check these guys out. It is Coffee Brand Coffee. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Um, they want to leave the politics out of coffee. They want to leave the politics aside. They want to leave wokeism aside. They want to leave the Twitter wars aside and all that goodness and give you good quality small batch Roasted on the spot coffee, coffee brand coffee, salted caramel, a bunch of really great general roasts out there. Um, they just came out with a jack o' lantern. But folks, I have a deal for you. If you go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code Critical Thinking. Again, enter the promo Critical Thinking or coupon code Critical Thinking at checkout. You will get five percent off. That's right, five percent off of your purchase at coffeebrandcoffee.com. It's just simply this: no politics, no BS, straight coffee. Can't get better than that. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the coupon code Critical Thinking at checkout for five percent off of your purchase today. We will also include the link on our uh, Twitter feeds at some point in time today. But yeah, we are. Uh, Nothing against Dave and, and the people at um, American Pride Roasters. This is simply uh, so somebody who I think gives a good message, right? Just I, I, we talk about doing business with those who don't insult you. 
This is a great example of that. They just want to promote really good coffee to shows and brands that want to critically think rather than just be about one side uh, of the political aisle versus another. Good ideas, good brands coming together. Uh, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the coupon code Critical Thinking. All right, Pat. So I've I've thought about that while I was also giving the promo because I can think and talk at the same time. Did you know that? Uh, no, I I didn't know that you could multitask like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I I definitely cannot uh, pat my head and and tummy at the same time, Pat. I I can't do that. What? Pat your head and rub your tummy? Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, Most people can't do it. I can because you it. end up either doing one or the other. Patting your tummy and your head, or rubbing your tummy and your head. I can do it. Prove it, Pat. Prove it. Yeah, it can only. No, see your. No, see. No, no. We we only see one part, and I, and yeah, I don't want to see yeah, the you other. Can't, you can't see. You can't see my other hand, but uh, yeah. No comment. With that being said, though, Pat, I'm going to go with um, this being not the B. Because I have a suggestion. The only reason uh-huh. why Nancy Pelosi is still Speaker of the House is because um, Jenny's ice cream. Everybody gets free Jenny's ice cream. Like a full, full freezer of Jenny's ice cream all the time. What? Where did that come from? Remember Nancy Pelosi going on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live and, and ice cream? They did. They, they did the uh, ice cream interview. I, I I don't. It's not ringing a bell, but yeah, literally. Show me what's in your fridge, and then she literally pulls out an entire freezer full of Jenny's ice cream. Oh jeez! You know, let them eat ice cream instead of cake, Pat. As everybody is struggling, uh, thirty million people were without jobs. How much alcohol do you think's in that ice cream? By the way, a lot. Because <laughs> she'd be drunk. There's, there's got to be the only way that that half of what she says is possible. But anyway, is this the Babylon B or not the B? I'm going to go with not the B. You would be correct. Hmm. You would be correct. Figured as much. Uh, so this article was exceptionally long, so I'm just going to read this this excerpt from it. But oh, uh so how does someone like this in an era like this still have a job? The only way to answer that is to evaluate the three entities who possess the power to remove her. One, the district that Pelosi represents is one of the most blindly partisan districts in the country. Mm-hmm. They don't care if she's a privileged elitist with a concerning history of racial insensitivity as long as she supports a progressive agenda. Two, Her congressional colleagues are concerned primarily with power and know full well what is what would reveal about their caucus to a watching electorate if their leader was ousted for racism. They'll accept the status quo for as long as their claims on power remain safe. And three, the media has willfully abandoned their pretended commitment to speak truth to power and is utterly disinterested in acting as accountability watchdogs for the people. Hmm. They have become propagandists at best and shamelessly promote anyone who plays on their team. That's why rather than being embroiled in yet another racism scandal this week, Pelosi is booked to appear on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. 
<laughs> so uh as pathetic as it may be the answer to why someone who has violated rules wokeness whiteness and political correctness has often as flagrantly as nancy pelosi still has a job isn't too difficult she remains employed for one reason alone because she's a democrat yeah and you know, I, I also think it has to do with uh, money, 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 money. Uh, yeah. yeah. How she's been able to enrich herself and others, because <clears throat> she is single handedly, by the way, blocking uh, legislation that will actively prevent people who are in office from trading stocks. It is a bipartisan bill. It is supported by 90 percent of the individuals. Why would she block that bill? Why? Because that's how she makes her money. Bingo. That's how her and uh, her drunk husband, Paul, um, make their money. Uh, by the way, uh, what you just described is also usually pretty synonymous with most politicians. Money, power, power and money. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, here's the other part of this, Pat. Think about this, right? So the three most powerful individuals in the United States of America in terms of politics. We got dementia Joe Biden. We've got Kamala Harris, who can't even t uh, know the difference between North and South Korea. And then thirdly, Nancy freaking Pelosi. That's all you yeah. need to know about how degraded and how disgraceful our politics have become and how much the spirit of the age has taken over. When you get those three with as the succession line to the power apparatus in the United States of America's political apparatus. And, you know, we've talked about making the presidency matter less again. It's right. really make D.C. matter less again in our lives. That's what it is. You know, and that's why reviving liberty exists, right? This movement of you take control. You can't let them control you. You must imbalance the power the other direction. You must make them afraid of you. And until that happens, we're going to get what we get. But with that, Pat, speaking of getting what you get, um, this weekend, my Wisconsin Badgers got what they got, and they got an ass whooping. From uh, Brett Bielema's uh, does, does, that, does that taste like vinegar when you say that? I don't know. Let me ask Todd Erzin. I, I don't know what vinegar tastes like. He does, though. Um, But man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man alive. Um, Brett Bielema and his fighting Illini come into Madison, put an absolute ass whooping on the Badgers. Guess how many yards Wisconsin had on the ground, Pat? Two. You are correct. Two. Two freaking yards. Two. The longest run of the game for Wisconsin? Five yards. Five. Now, you would think that that <clears throat> butt whooping that they got in the first half would have been enough to wake the team up at halftime, right? Well... Head coach no. Paul Christ allegedly challenged the team to draw the line in the sand and say, no more. This is over. We're going out there and we're going to 
kick names and take ass, right? Nope. Nope. That didn't nope. nope. Uh, Illinois got the kickoff at the half and proceeded to march right down the field on like a seven play, 75 yard drive in like less than three minutes uh, to score again to put the game completely out of reach at that point. And then Wisconsin proceeded to turn the ball over twice in the second half. Graham Mertz couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, the offensive line couldn't block for him or open up a hole against while yes i i firmly believe that illinois defense is really good this year it's at home against illinois and i can accept losing pat but i cannot accept back to back ass kickings i mean getting your ass kicked by ohio state this year is uh one thing right considering mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Considering the offensive power Ohio State has, it, it would it's that that's not terribly surprising. That being said, it this is Big Ten play. You still want to at least be competitive. Put your big boy pants on and start playing. And it was the same pattern, right? So what did I tell you on Saturday after that ass whooping? I said Paul Chris needs to go, right? I said that you, you Paul Chris needs to be gone here. And the question for me was, when do you do it? What At what point have you seen enough? Because, again, my point to you also was what? Name a game in which Wisconsin is going to be favored other than Northwestern this year. Name a game that they can win. Well, so to your point, I was actually sitting in a drive through drive through lane talking to you about this. And I'm sitting there waiting forever. And so I just I look up their schedule. Did the FBI show up? No. Why? Oh, because apparently that's what they do now. They just raid. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I I looked it up and I, I, I disagree. I'm like, okay, if they're going to fire him, they're going to wait till the end of the season. Right. I mean, that that's what you know most teams do anyway. I didn't think that they were going to fire him the next day. But I looked at the schedule. I'm like, Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska. Those are all road games. By the way, if anybody wants to Venmo me some money to watch Wisconsin and Iowa this year, please do. Because I might need to get paid to watch that game. Uh, that 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 might be a painful game to watch. But they're all road games. But like Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern are probably the three weakest teams in the Big Ten this year. They, they shouldn't be. But yeah, because Purdue will, just I went out th- and uh, put one on uh, on Minnesota. Minnesota looks good as well. Yeah. Well, who, wait. Who who put one on Purdue? Purdue put it on Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Twenty mm-hmm. to ten. Yeah. So and that was that was at home. But but I'm just saying like like those those three teams that I I specifically mentioned probably should be better than what they are. I mean, uh, Iowa's offense is probably the worst offense in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. So I I just, I I don't see, but at the same time, they're all road games. Going into Kinnick Stadium is going to be tough. Always is. Going into Nebraska, you know, especially with a new interim coach and and, and everything like that. They should be good this year. They should have been a big 10 West contender. They're not. Um, That could be a tough game. And Northwestern at Ryan Field is always weird. 
Yeah. For Wisconsin, always has been. And, and, and that's the discussion my wife and I are having right now is like, mm-hmm. can we go to that game for like 10 bucks? Because <laughs> if we could, great. I mean. Well, you, did you see their plans for a new stadium? Northwestern? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. They, they, they've got. It's not going to be the high school football field that you know it as now. It's going to be much, much different. I have not seen those. So. Plans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go look it up. It actually looks pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, if you've ever – trust me, Ryan Field is a weird experience. It, it just feels like a high school game. That's what it feels like. But, anyway, um, to your point, though, I mean, those should be winnable games, but they're on the road. You've got Purdue. You've got Minnesota still on the schedule. You've yep. also got Michigan State still on the schedule. Where's a win? Here's the thing. Michigan State, to me, is also another toss-up game because they're, they're not what they were last year. They're still good. They're no, but they, 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 have enough, they have enough offensive firepower to, to give you some problems. They do. And I believe that's in, it's in East Lansing as well. So, it is. Yeah, it is. What do you do with that? I, I Like, again, other than Northwestern, I don't see a game in which Wisconsin is the favorite. Uh, you might be right. You really Based might off be of right. what we've seen, right? And I so mean, when I looked at that, that was part of my problem, right? We have gone from 13 and 1 winning the Orange Bowl barely barely uh we barely got beat by Ohio State in that Big 10 title game when we were 12 and 0, right? The winner goes to right. the college football playoff. That was winning in for whoever won that game. And your Buckeyes beat the Badgers, but didn't beat them up bad. Mm-mm. Not necessarily. It got got out of hand late in the game, but um, that was neither here nor there. But we go on and beat the brakes off of Miami in or in Miami in the Orange Bowl, thirteen and one. Where should we go? Right, <clears throat> fifteen and eleven over the next twenty six games. I mean. What? That's that's pretty bad. And the the thing is, is like like what you you faced Ohio State what three times in the Big Ten title game? Under yeah, we lost Chris? them all. Well, yeah, but but I'm just saying like none of those games, by the way, were were an ass kicking. No, that's us. not true. That's not true. The last time we played in the Big Ten title game against you, oh, you no, guys you're beat right. You're the right. Tar out of us. You're right. And then there was the one that was thirty-five to nothing. Uh-huh. So yeah, I forgot about that one. But but that the, the thing is is like normally you're very competitive within the, those moments. We're not. We were not. We haven't been. Yep. So what happens Sunday? 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 There's about a minute forty left in the Green Bay Packer uh, New England Patriot game, and Adam Rittenberg from ESPN drops the bomb. <laughs> Paul Christ fired as the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Pete Thamel or Thamel or whatever, decides to tell us that it's going to cost Wisconsin 16 plus million dollars. And uh, whoops. Uh, they wanted rid of him right now, apparently. Um, yep. But it's also not going to cost them 16 million dollars either. Talking to some little birdies, it's likely to be negotiated or was already negotiated to a much, much smaller buyout. Uh. And then uh, Leonard, your your DC, I believe, is taking over as uh, the interim head coach. And so this is kind of like I said to my wife, and and this is 
this was kind of my point to you uh, as well, is that this is a great opportunity. This is this is audition time for Jim Leonard, right? Can he get something out of this team? And it doesn't have to be win, 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 right? It has to be improved play. You don't have to Can- win every game, but you have to be able to show that there's something different about this team. Then you deserve that job. Otherwise, there's this guy named Lance Leopold who has Kansas at 5-0, and scoring 40-plus points a game, beating the brakes off of teams. Um, they just beat Iowa State this past weekend in Lawrence. He's selling that stadium out in Lawrence, Kansas. So if Jim Leonard isn't the answer, there's a, there's a guy who has won everywhere he's been. He's won multiple Division Three titles. Um, he took Buffalo to multiple 10-win seasons. Yes, I said Buffalo in college football uh, to heights they had never been to before. He has Kansas in two years from winless in or one win, I think, the year before he got there to 5-0 and now in just two years' time. Yeah. This guy builds programs, wins, and does it in transformational ways. And I have argued for a long time that they need a new identity. They need a new spirit at Wisconsin. And it would be interesting to see how Jim Leonard's personality comes out because he's been very demure to Paul Christ, right? Right. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it comes out on the sideline, how it comes out inside the locker room. How does the dynamic change? I think that's the right move. Um, and especially because when you look at backsliding and how the Big Ten is going to change here in a couple of years, you've got UCLA and USC coming in. Divisions are likely to go away. Where the hell is Wisconsin in that pecking order? I would argue in a, what, 16-team conference, likely to be 20 at some point. You're looking at Wisconsin being, what, ninth, 10th on that pecking order, potentially right now, if not 11th. Because, you know, you can go down the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota, USC, UCLA. Um, Maryland is in the mix with where Wisconsin is. You've got, a, you know, Indiana's kind of in that mix. Purdue in Michigan that State. mix. Michigan State in that mix. It, yeah, that's not where you belong. It, Illinois it, could be as well. If you're spending the kind of money that they're spending on this football program, you better be in the mix with the UCLA's, the USC's, the Michigan, Ohio State's. You better be in that top five to top seven every single year. You better be in the mix. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jim Leonard, I mean, like you said, he doesn't have to win every game, but he does need to salvage this season, I think, to have a chance to be the official head coach next season. Absolutely. I think that's the best or that's the best case scenario is that he does get this team to perform and play better um, and show progress because that's what needs to happen here. Um, they have to show something different. I, I and if they don't, then, then what is it? No harm, no foul. You go mm-hmm. into you now as Chris McIntosh. He made a baller move. You know, he's the new athletics director taking over for Barry Alvarez a couple years ago. This is his first real big, massive hire within that athletic program, and he went balls to the wall. He didn't do the Barry Alvarez thing and just wait till the end of the year and let this thing play out so they don't have to pay them extra money. No, he said, no, we're, we're cutting the cord. We're done. Now, on a personal level, I know Paul Christ, right? I know who he is. He is a great man. He is an absolutely great coach. He really is. 
it just didn't work. And that happens from time to time. Lovey Smith is a great example, right? A great yeah. man, a great man. But Paul Chris, for me, an absolutely great man um, who deserves a lot of respect for what he did accomplish. The problem being that he couldn't sustain that accomplishment. And that's where Wisconsin needs to be. If you are not growing, you're dying. And Chris McIntosh said, we're done dying. That's That was the message that he delivered with this. And he did it in a humble, respectful manner. And Paul Chris is going to move on. His family's going to be fine. Um, they'll find he'll get another job. He'll get another job. Absolutely. And he should. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll also learn something from this. So we'll we'll see what happens here. Um, but I wish Paul Christ well. I wish Jim Leonard well, another great man who loves that university. And that's important too. Um, people need to realize that you have to love where you're at. You have to either learn to love it or you love it from the get-go. So it'll be interesting. But Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I just have one question for you, Andrew Coppins, as we close out the uh, the, the day. Who, who's the best coach in the Big Ten? Uh, Ryan Day, for me. I, I just, I, I know. I just wanted to hear you say it. So, please be smart, <laughs> be safe, be kind, and as always, Matthew five forty seven. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.